0: I am Planta on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia, at thecommentary.ca. The filmmaker Shona MacDonald joins me now. Her uh, short film, Into Light, is currently playing as part of the Hot Docs Festival out of Toronto and will uh, be screened shortly as part of uh, the Docs, a documentary film festival from here in Vancouver. As uh, we're living in the midst of a pandemic, wherever you are in the country, you'll be able to see the film now with DOXA starting this Thursday, May 6th through to the 16th of May. Ms. McDonald also has the distinction of having her not only in Delight, but her feature-length documentary, Dead Man's Switch, a crypto mystery, playing both festivals. Visit doxafestival.ca for more information on how to screen both films. As for In Delight, I asked Shona about what it was like filming in the Yukon. Yellowknife looks cold, but it also feels vast as well as small. The concerns of a parent and their child are front and center in the documentary. They seem isolated as they navigate through the complexities of gender identity. It's frank and honest as mother and child express their individual fears and worries as well as their hopes. The filmmaker, though, is skillful in preserving privacy as it might not always be easy in such a remote place to encounter guaranteed positivity at each corner or playdate, date. Shana McDonald has worked in, film and tele- in, worked in the film and television industry for two decades, producing, directing, and writing documentary features, limited series, and narrative shorts. Her credits include a short essay on men, Candace, Inside Her Sex, When Dreams Take Flight, Capturing a Short Life, and the second season of the Knowledge Network's Emergency Room, Life and Death at VGH. In Delight is a National Film Board of Canada production produced by Terry Snellgrove and Shirley Verquise. Please welcome to the Plant Online Program, Shona McDonald. Ms. McDonald, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: What was it like to film this in in Yellowknife?
1: Uh, I've spent quite a bit of time in Yellowknife. Actually, I finally met the mom who's in this story in Yellowknife. Originally, we worked together up there um, a number of years ago. So it's always... You know, it's a beautiful place. It's nice to be back there, and it's such a place of contrast. So it was certainly part of the planning from the get-go that we would use um, Yellowknife and the North as part of the story.
0: And there's a um, a moment in the in the in the, fil- in the film where um, the, the uh, mom and the child are um, going in and around. Is it an ice castle or a fort yeah. or something like that?
1: <laughs> it's an ice castle, and. Um, they build it every year. Uh, I know that not this year, just passed, but the previous right, year, right. Uh, the, it melted quite early. But they build it every year, and it's a place people go. And there's like um, a room in the back where the bands come in and play, mm. and people go and dance, and they have parties. So it's, we were able to get in there on our own. But um, yeah, it's a spe- it's spectacular.
0: It, it's a, it's a, one of those places where where you filmed in, in that we see in this film. Uh, just a gorgeous place to 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 uh, set a movie in. I mean, the the, the darkness throughout the year. I guess um, we see that as well as the light um, during the year. Um, what what was it like for for you? I you, you mean, you mentioned that you knew the, the mother in the film. Um, in terms of uh, trying to convince her to, to to tell this story on film.
1: Uh, Well, it's interesting. I mean, she's a very private person by nature and I've known this family. I've um, known this family since before the child was born. Mm -hmm. And so watching this start to unfold and seeing what the mom was going through, I just asked her one day, I said, would you be interested in telling the story and making a film about it? And her immediate answer was yes. And she was um, adamant about that all the way through. just because she had struggled so much to find resources and to find people going through the same thing, so in, in sharing her story, she was hoping it she would alleviate the challenges that she faced for someone else coming up against a similar situation. Um, so it was really important to her. So I didn't. There was no convincing. In fact, at times yeah. she was convincing me she wanted to keep going. So because yeah. um, it's hard. It's a you know it's a big share in many ways.
0: What was it? Um like then for you to try to convince the child to do the film
1: also no convincing required actually we started the project so um they started to um go through and look at this and experience this together when the child was about three um and so we didn't end up filming until she was six going on seven um, and by that time, she really wanted to participate. And so it was finding a way to include her voice and include her presence. Uh, obviously, a big part of this is not revealing identities right. and seeing their faces. Mm-hmm. So that was a greater challenge. But they wanted to participate, and, and it became important to find a way to in, include her as well. And obviously, going through the film, we constructed it originally as you know looking at what a parent goes through and so as the choi- the child's voice comes in a little bit later which felt sort of appropriate to the story as well.
0: Yeah and and it's uh it, it's so uh, tasteful is not the right word but it, it's so respectfully done that for for a while there i didn't even notice that we didn't see their faces. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> you know cuz cuz we're we're really hearing um the pain on the part of the mother. Um, yeah because, because she talks about just sort of the grief that she 's going through losing a son essentially yeah um, and um, then we hear the the daughter who is just i don 't know how to describe her she she's she 's smart and um, you know there 's a lot of controversy about you know what what age it 's appropriate to talk about all this with, with someone but um you can 't help but listen to the daughter and think that, no, she knows what she's doing or she knows who she is, and and, yeah. and thank goodness at that age. In terms of, of uh, filming them and, and that choice of not revealing um, their faces, um, was that yours or was that the family's?
1: It was both. It was something we definitely, it was a big conversation from the get-go and an ongoing conversation. I was a bit concerned about, like, you know, can we build a story that people can connect to visually without seeing faces because as humans, we connect to faces. So, you know, we talked about the potential of doing animation and animating characters that could relate to, um, and then looking at how to do interviews where you don't see faces. And there were sort of two things, Simon Schneider shot the film and knew the family as well. And I mean, I love working with Simon and he's so smart and sees things so clearly, but he suggested anamorphic, which helps in terms of um, hiding, isn't the right word, but in terms of sort of choosing what you see in a frame, because it's hard to see a whole person in an anamorphic frame. So in some ways, then you don't feel like you're missing out yeah. uh, on something that shouldn't be there. And also, we didn't want it. you know, if you do an interview where you put someone in shadow, there's a sense of hiding and shame.
0: Sure, which. Yeah.
1: We don't want, you know, it's not, the choice wasn't not to show them out of shame, out sort of respect and out of privacy and out of allowing, you know, choice um, and giving them power and, and that sort of thing. So to sort of have it be beautiful as opposed to hidden was important as well.
0: Yeah, and that and goes to the point of, of um, your use of light, your use of color. Um, it, it, it's almost... Um, I was going to say overwhelming. Is that's not the right word? It 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 it's just it's such a film for the senses because um, we hear so much, we see so much, we um, we get a sense even of the cold, um, and um, you know the, the the taste of the breakfast even that they're making.
1: <laughs> Good. Yeah.
0: What um what what have um, the mother and the daughter thought of the film?
1: They were so um, the mother co-wrote. The film mm-hmm. with me, and so she was involved uh, all the way through to whatever extent she wanted to be. Obviously, you know, as a subject of a film, you, you know, I, I she needed to have some distance from it and trust me, and uh, and I had to make choices. But there were cert- definitely things, you know, oh that shot hangs too long, or I feel like you can see us too much, or, I mean, they know that anybody who knows them is going to know it's them, and that's mm-hmm. okay. So it's just about sort of not being recognized. Uh, on the street, in some ways, or not recognized by someone who, you know, is is out to do harm or criticize. Um, yeah, I mean it. It, it, it was just just keeping them in mind all the way through and really allowing it to be a collaboration and a respectful experience at every turn including scheduling the shooting days and so it was it was they were part of the conversation all along it wasn't something where you're like and here's the film we made it was important to continue to communicate and share and bounce things off of including the writing it's the you know and the the language used and how to say things. And I would imagine that we've said things and written things that in a year are going to be the wrong things to have said and written. So it's, it really is an evolving understanding of, of language and boundaries and pronouns and what's okay. And um, so that was really important to stay on top of and keep talking about.
0: Um, we really hear the, the the fear, both in in the mother and, and the daughter, as to, to how um, – they'll be reacted to by people in the community or, or people on the street. I mean, the, the daughter talks about um, worrying, uh, about getting made fun of. Uh, the mother talks about, uh, say, you know, just the anxiety of, of having to, to um, say, go places or, or even arrange play dates and, and, you know, making sure there's the right washroom or, or and the sort. Um, it, when you're interviewing them for the film and they're talking about, you know, these things that are obviously heartbreaking to hear. What's it like for you to to, um, to, to try to capture that, but, but at the same time, um, be respectful and, and, and not exploitative in a way?
1: Uh, I mean, it's just, I think about listening. I, it was a story and people that I knew really well. So the dialogue was something that I was intimately familiar with. I felt with this Film. like it didn't have a lot to do with me funnily like I felt a bit like a conduit mm-hmm. <laughs> for which you know people came together and things flowed but um, as long as I stayed out of the way of it and allowed it to happen and you know we just had all the right people come in and contribute all, all the way through and so leaving space for it to be what it was felt really important and just offering some subtle guidance or ideas along the way. So, um, yeah, I feel more like a conduit for this film than anything else. Um, Yeah, just giving them space was the important thing.
0: And and the thing is, as I was watching the film, um, you know, one hopes that sometime in the future, sometime in the very near future, um, that um, this movie that you made might seem quaint or even unnecessary. I mean, is is that the hope?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that it's irrelevant. I hope that, you know, I mean, I have three children who are 17, 14, and 11, and their grasp of um, gender and identity and sexuality and, you know, is is so leaps and bounds ahead of where it was when I was that age. And and I hope that, you know, in 10 years or, or sooner, someone watches this and goes, who cares? (laughs) <laughs> like why do this is just a film about a girl yeah. and you know so the end therefore it's pretty to look at but has no has no relevance and um i've, I've actually had that experience a couple of years ago there was a film at uh i think it was at doxa but they def, i definitely saw it at the vancouver cinema called seahorse the man who gave birth and it's about a transgender man who gets pregnant and has mm-hmm. a baby and so I, I felt a little bit that way about that film where it's like if you if, as a viewer i was like yep okay got it so it's a guy having a baby okay So <laughs> yeah. like it almost felt in a similar way like this is redundant depending on where you sit in the the process a beautiful film but just about someone having a baby and so yeah. i hope for the same thing
0: there's, there's a scene in the movie where they're riding on on um, a sled i guess being pulled by sled dogs Mm -hmm. and uh, the cameras in front of the dogs. How did you do that without, say, the the dogs, uh, say, running into them or or, uh, making them feel like they were chasing the camera?
1: Uh, Simon was on a skidoo in front of the dogs, and once the dogs are good to go, then they're good to go. So he just sort of rode behind, and we did some stuff with the drone and that. But I don't think that the dogs were paying much attention. They're just doing the job that they're doing. So it was about him staying far enough ahead to capture
0: um, that footage. Yes, I, I, I. This is me as a, a, a nerd here. Um, I, 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 look, I went back because I, w- I was trying to see where the dogs were looking at, and, uh. they, and they didn't seem like they were looking at the camera, which you know you'd expect. It's just, it's just beautifully shot in, in that sense. That um,
1: yeah, Simon is amazing. I mean, he really just has a good eye and a sensitivity and a calm patience, and just really sees things nicely. So he's great to work with.
0: Did you do this um, uh, before or after Dead meant Switch?
1: Uh, during, funnily. Really? So they, well, they both kind of ran in tandem. I've worked on both for the last sort of three years or so, and it just so happens that um, they finished at the same time partly because of COVID. I was working on both of them, and when COVID hit, we actually were filming in yellow last March 6th through 9th, huh. and we were, we were supposed to go back. We did our winter obviously we were going to go back and do some shooting in the summer and then when covid hit i said after a couple months i said "Well, let's look at what we've got and see what we can do with what we have and um so that's what we did and i kind of did the same thing with dead man switch i had an editor lined up she we were further ahead but you know i had a few more interviews to do and i did the same thing i was like let's see what we're missing let's start to put this together and so it just so happened that both Got finished. <laughs> just yeah. good people sitting, at a, sitting in their home offices, you know, driving away. There's definitely some crossover between the two projects of people. But the editor for Into Light, I didn't, I never met her. She's down in no. LA and there was San Francisco working, and so it was all just conversations. So it's really impressive. And people's, um, I think everybody who worked on Into Light felt protective of it, was my sense, and really like in love with the story and, and felt the importance of telling it beautifully.
0: Yeah, yeah, it comes through, definitely. What's it like now to, to, to know that both films are at, at, at Hot Docs and Doxa?
1: So fun! It's so yeah. fun. I mean, it's, you know, I'm a bit sad. I'll admit I'm a bit sad that <laughs> it's been a long time since I've had a film at Hot Docs and um, I did have a film at Doxa a couple of years ago, but it's a bit sad not to go, go to the parties and right, right. be there with <laughs> two films out, but um so it goes, and it's still exciting to have them out there and have them seen. And, I mean, what this current um, uh, format of being able to watch online allows is that actually anyone in Canada can watch both of the films from April 29th to May 16th between the two festivals. So that actually is is nice.
0: Yeah, so for people listening to us across the country, they can they can get tickets, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, at the hot dog site or at the doxa site and and yep. um dead um, switch as well um yep. w- are you working on anything now
1: uh no i'm w- i've determined that i will not produce any more one-off stocks so i've been doing it for a long time it's really a hard gig it's a completely different conversation but it's a hard thing to do is make one-offs and make them sustainable and stick with them three years of working on one thing and it's just really challenging uh so, I'm sort of like my, my mandate is good projects with good people, and I find the projects tend to find me. And I've been writing a novel, and I have a uh, feature film script that I had optioned earlier this year, so I'm sort of playing with ideas.
0: It, it's fascinating to hear you uh, and how you've worked the, over the past year you, you, for working with uh, an editor, say, you know, online, if you will, or over the phone. Yeah. Um, how, how do you think um, the future of, of making film and television? I mean, it, it certainly changed in in this pandemic year. Do, do you think a lot of these changes will last, say?
1: Oh, I mean, it's so nice to work with people. And it, like on a, you know, a documentary shoot, you've only got a few people out anyways, and it's so nice to see those faces. And, I mean, I can't imagine doing all the interviews over Zoom and losing that connection. Mm-hmm. But I think some of it will go back, but I'm guessing... Some of it will stay. Some of the work will stay. Um, and people were really, you know, people did the work and were efficient. And I never had any doubts about who was out there and who was doing what needed to be done. So, you know, there's something really beautiful about that process and trusting the work. But I do hope we get to <laughs> sit face to face and see people. I mean, I went to Color Correct mm-hmm. with mask on. And, i uh, you know, we've done, we did some shooting. We did all the recreation shooting uh, for Dead Man Switch last uh, summer and i actually just shot a music video for that film last week so you know little bits and pieces but it will be interesting to see what legacy is left after covid i think the festivals will stay on the festivals will stay with an online component after this i don't think they'll go back to being purely um, in person
0: yeah but there's nothing like like being in a theater with a bunch of people watching a, Mm -hmm. a movie is there Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. congratulations on both films. Um, thank I, you. I, I haven't seen Dead Man's Switch, but I'll do that, either getting my ticket through Hot Docs or Doxa, um, like we urge other people listening to us to, to do. Um, th- thanks for your time today. Congratulations and, and continue. Good luck with everything.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thanks. nice talking to you, and um, thank you for watching the film.
0: Visit doxafestival.ca for um, information and tickets on how to screen in Delight uh, starting this Thursday, May 6th through to May 16th. Shona McDonald, join me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plata.